I want to preach a message called God is able. Would you say that together? You know, every time when a preacher is trying to preach a message, it always begins with trickle of thoughts. The trickling of thoughts eventually became streams of thoughts. The convergence of string of thoughts eventually became the river of thoughts and it produces a message. It always begins with that. So there were a couple of trickle of thoughts as SIB Pastor Dr. Chu asked me to preach this weekend. I actually, I was telling Pastor Isaac, I actually went and listened to a few messages of SIBKR, especially end of last year, beginning of this year, moved forward by uh, Dr. Chu. I wanted to catch the heartbeat of this church uh, so that whatever I say is to really serve this church the best I know how. And I understand the heartbeat of Pastor Dr. Chu of transition, transformation, the pulpit ministry, and some of the are great things that God has installed for this church. So I kind of captured that habit. My, another trickle of thoughts was really we are in endemic and everybody is trying to get life back together. Businesses, uh, family, church, traffic jam, uh, everything is trying to come back to its own place. And I know for a church as a pastor, uh, that can be a challenge because the world has changed. Uh, and you always have to wrestle with that. Uh, but more than just getting people back to church, people are trying to get a hold of life. Uh, and I had so many discussions and conversations with people. Uh, not too long ago, I got one of our church leaders who for two and a half years, absolutely no business. They were in the photography kind of a business. And he says, Pastor, for two and a half years, literally no business. We have to went down to everything so minimal for us to pull that through. Now, obviously, we stood with them but they're trying to get back life together. Uh, and I had a conversation just two days ago with someone that uh, was rather new as a believer. And during the COVID season, they lost five family members in the span of four years. Uh, and the youngest was 40 years old, which is the sister. And that kind of shook him. And he says, Pastor, I, I kind of boycott God for a couple of months. I didn't want to go to church. I didn't want to read the Bible. I didn't want to pray. I... I, because I came to this spot and I wonder, is God still real? Or maybe in today's language, is, is God still able? Uh, but can I say this? If you kind of box God to only a God that can heal you and not anything more than that, then you are actually disabling a God that is able. Because you are only have a projection of a certain kind of a God. I want you to know that God is way bigger than that. It was a theory discussion as he cried over four to five times in that conversation as he began to reconcile that God is able doesn't just go on a single track. And because he's able, he's able to take some of the worst scenario that a person can go through and turn it around and make a great story of how when our life is given to God, God can change the script of your life. And that was a conversation that we had. So I had that thought in mind. And I know that in the spectrum of so many, so many people watching and so many people on site, there is a world of thoughts behind your emotion. Uh, third, the tripping of thoughts was this season, this particular verse. So I'm going to do only one verse, okay? Uh, this particular verse kind of uh, captured my attention. My, my spirit, my mind, my everything jumps at this verse. And with that... I'm going to introduce you the verse, and hopefully, uh, we're going to work through that, okay? This verse is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. I'll give you a little bit of context background shortly. 
but would you read together with me, okay? And when it comes to God, he said, but I want you to read with whole emotion, wholeheartedly that God is truly able, okay? No matter in your mind, how have you, uh, how have you read God or how have you boxed God, all right? One, two, go. And God is able, come on, again, one, two, go. God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things and all times, you may abound in every good work. Just a bit of a context. Uh, Paul in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 was writing to the Corinthian church, and in, especially in 2 Corinthians 8. He was citing the church in Macedonia, that's where Philippi and some of this church, which is extremely generous. And uh, he was telling them, because of the Judea, the Jerusalem uh, recession, and nobody knows why. Part, part of it could be an economical thing. Uh, it could also be because in Jerusalem, so many people, especially the priests, has come to know God. So potentially, a lot of them has lost their job, and, but there was a financial crisis. So Paul was writing to all these churches that he knows. He says, we need to stand together with the church in Jerusalem or the Judea Christian. And in that spectrum, uh, Corinth was one of the first who actually pledged. And their pledging actually encouraged the other region, but now they have been slow in giving. So Paul wrote to that church in Corinth and talked about how in Macedonian church, which is utter poverty, in fact, the Bible says it's extreme poverty, but abounds with such liberality in giving that they gave sacrificially and Therefore, he coined the terminology all of us are familiar called the grace of giving. Then he wrote to 2 Corinthians 9 to the Corinthians, he says, you need to fulfill. So in the spectrum of addressing, telling the story of some of the poorest churches and telling Corinth, which is a very rich church because Corinth is a very developed city, it's a port where all the business transactions happen. He says, in the midst of the lowest of the lowest and in the richest of the richest, he then coined that little phrase that God is able to, in giving us all the grace, in all sufficiency, all things, all time, that we abound in every good work. So that is really that spectrum of how this verse came about. Now, I know this verse is very giving-centric, but I would like to apply it to life way more than a giving-centric. Okay, now, so if I can just kind of go back, uh, what, what is, do I just click, it will go back? Okay, all right, now. So if I can mathematically and piece that together and I unpack them slowly, just, just kind of uh, be with me, okay? We're going to stick to this slide for a while. Now, I want to begin with the end, every good work. When I read this verse, I was awestruck. Because I want this verse to define my life. And I hope this verse will also define your life. I immediately say, God, ah, this is the kind of verse that I'm going to pray, I'm going to claim, because I want my life to be defined by every good work, regardless of season. At your best, at your worst, at your most stretched season. You know, I, I'm a student of life. I'm interested uh, to read people's biography. I'm interested in how people make their decision. I'm always interested in the thoughts, process behind a decision-making. A couple of days ago, 
uh, sorry, it was about maybe two, three weeks ago, one of our church song leader, she just had a miscarriage and it was her second or third miscarriage. Uh, she was distraught. But the following week, she was scheduled to be a song leader. So all of us asked her and said, why don't you take a break? Why don't you just rest your body and be well? And she was so insistent. She said, Pastor, I really want to song lead. I, I really want to do so. So we let her do so. And she led us to the third song, which is the last song. It was a moving song. When she talked about her story of losing a child or a miscarriage, and how turning to the grace of God for strength uh, make a difference in that scenario. And I, I, I think there was no dry eyes as people lift up their situation before God. So I began to get in touch with her. I said, I said, I wanted to know what's behind your thought when you insisted that you wanted to do that. Then she says, Pastor, running to our Heavenly Father is the only way I know how to move forward in situation as such. And I thought about her. I thought about every good work. I thought about all things, all time. You know, she is one of those that you actually should go to her and say, let, let, let us minister to you. But instead, she came on stage and she was about in every good work. So I'm a student of life. Whenever I see someone in the most distraught situation, decides to turn it around. And I'm always intrigued by why a person, because this verse, I pray, will not only speak to whether you're on-site, online, but it will speak to this church as well. That you as a church move forward, you're going to have all kinds of challenges, but you know that all grace, all sufficiency, all times, all time, this church and your life will be abound with every good work. Can I go to amen? All right, that is what is going to define your life. Uh, and uh, just, just one more quick story, but uh, this is a moving story. Uh, this story came about was uh, a couple of years ago, and uh, we have a, what we call a victory weekend. A victory weekend is where we take people uh, where they are in their life, and all of us have baggages, unforgiveness. Some of us, our baggages is very cute bag, you know, whether it's Prada or whatever. Some of us, our baggages is luggage size. Some of us, our baggages is a car trunk, it's a lorry, okay, depending, depending, okay? And uh, so, there was this one particular victory weekend, uh, I will never forget. Uh, after the victory, I was ministering at church, after the service, someone slipped a note to me. Someone said, which I don't really know this person, she says, and, and she says, Pastor, uh, this is my story, uh, I want you to read it. I took that slip of paper, put it into my Bible, and as usual, after the service, Pastor got so many traffic to direct, right? People want to know uh, where to eat. People want to know, people want to be prayed for. People got parenting problem. People got marriage problem. People got no problem, just want to talk to you. You know what I'm saying? So you are managing all the directing traffic. So I went back home and I, two days later, I, I said, oh, I forgot to read that. And I took that slip of paper and I read it and I was in utter shock. Uh, because the story goes something like this. Then I had dinner with this person, with my wife, a couple of days later. The story was this girl was telling the story that he and her boyfriend was at a date and it was a bit dark. Uh, then they were founded by five people and they gang raped her. They tied the boyfriend uh, at a tree 
and they gang raped her. And after they gang, gang raped her, they wanted to know what to do with her. They wanted to either kill her while they were having that discussion and she was pleading for her life. A car passed by, uh, sh shine on the bushes and these five people fled. Uh, she got up, uh, dressed up, and uh, untied the boyfriend. And she said, we never spoke a word that night. We went back home, just quiet. Nobody knew what to say. Uh, the next day onward, for the next six months, the relationship went down the drain. There was lots of tension, lots of confusion, lots of hurts. Uh, and they eventually broke off, which then plunged her into depression. She attempted suicide almost three times. Uh, cut herself, uh, drink something. She said the only thing that she didn't dare to do, which she stood 18th floor, 20th floor a few times and wanted to jump, she could not. Then a couple of months before the victory weekend, she came to church and found God and registered for what we call a victory weekend. Uh, in that victory weekend, God so miraculously healed her and turned her around, took her literally from the bottom pit and turned her life around that she was able to be so bold to pass me the testimony and then said, Pastor, I am willing to share my story anytime, anywhere. I was the one that pleaded with her, please don't do that, just to protect your privacy. You know, today, she's one of our faithful leaders. And I will never forget, I will never forget, when I interviewed her, uh, of course, without showing her face, just capturing her story, my last question for her was, what would you say to the five men who raped you if you have a chance to meet them? This person, not only I've forgiven them, I will tell them that God can change your life just as he, how he has changed my life. I would want them to know that how much God loves them. Wow. I thought about that verse. I thought about all grace, all sufficiency, all things, all time, and abound in every good work. I want you to know, but it all begins with God is able. And I think that has to be part of the equation in your life and in my life. But let me talk a little bit about all grace, all sufficiency, all things and all time. Because that pretty much covers every arena of our life. When you think about the grace of God, you will notice that the Bible has at least six, seven spectrum of description of grace. It all begins with the saving grace of God. Uh, all of us know that we are saved by grace, not by our own works. So God, first of all, dispenses His grace by saving us when we could not contribute in any capacity without salvation, right? Then, Paul was the one that popularized the thinking. It's called the suffering grace, where in Corinthians, he's talking about, I got this torn in the flesh, but he says that, but the grace of God was more than sufficient. Yeah. Uh, the Chinese is, you know, it's just that, that little grace of God is more than sufficient. So Paul talked about, when sometimes when we do suffer, he says, the grace of God sustained me. So in this spectrum of grace, from salvation grace to suffering grace, it's all the other graces. It's all the grace of healing, the miraculous. So in this spectrum of grace, God telling us that I will give you all, come on, say together, all, all grace. So sometimes in life, you do not just bang on one grace. You must understand that God works in every circumstances. And sometimes we can't choose, but we have to trust God. I give you a, a, a quick two thoughts to that. 
Um, you know, I was supposed to be in Australia and then came back two days ago in order for me to make it for this weekend. So, but since 15th of April, we applied for visa. Uh, we could not get it. And the reason I, I get to go to Australia was because there was a businessman who had so much mileage that decided to bless me and my family a trip at no cost for him. He says, Pastor, this is, you know, I'm even embarrassed to say it's a bless, but I got to use this mileage, but anyway, you can use this. So we were so happy as a family. But for one month, we applied for visa, we could not get it. Now, I wish I had that miraculous grace, right? Now, at the same time, but because I, I stayed back uh, about two weeks ago, I was going to our Cyber Jaya church to preach. So I still remember I was driving, and then uh, I came to the toll, I wind down my window, touch and go, and then I, the, the window could not get up. How many of you know that there is a brand of car that, okay, that as you wind up, you got to put the hand of God, you know, you got to kind of lift it up so that it closes, right? I was actually driving my, my old Toyota Estima and it, it never happened. So I wasn't that brand of car that I needed that, okay? That, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Okay, anyway. So, so I tried that. I, I tried to lift up and it just could not, just could not. Now, but the, 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 the interesting was, it's going to rain heavily. So all the dark cloud was just right in front of me and I look at my waist, I got about 12 kilometers. I don't know would I make it on time, Okay. So then I, I gag out, you know. So I think that if I were to press it down and then quickly press it up, it can go up. So the moment I press it down, it went. Now the whole window is right open. Now I, even the hand of God cannot really. You got to do like that, okay? You, you cannot, you know, the 江龙十八掌 cannot work already, okay? So you got to do that, you know. Anyway, so to cut a long story short, as I drove further, it started to pour. So I can see the rain almost 200 meters in front of me. I can see it's pouring already. So I told God, God, you are able. You either switch me from this side to this side, switch the whole entire car, or God, you better deal with this window. If not, I'm going to go to minister and I'm going to be all wet. So I'm trying to plan, plan B. Can I go to the mall, get a shirt, you know, all those. And, and so I was starting to pray, okay? 100 meters, it's still down. So I keep on doing that. I don't know what happened. At about 30 meters before I hit the plunge of rain, the window just happily go up. <laughs> just, just kind of just go up, okay? Now, I want to say this, okay? If I have a choice of a miracle, I'll choose the Australian visa one. Are you with me? But I can't. But it's okay. You know why? Because the Bible says that all grace and all sufficiency. You know, the grace part is really the God part. That's the God part. He says, I'll give you the grace. Our sufficiency is our part. It's where, in fact, the Greek word simply means you are contented with the lot that was given to you. That was the portion. And, uh, and I, I feel like if I understand the grace of God, all kinds of grace, difficult time, best of time, worst of time, and I understand my lot, whether 
this is how much I have, this is how little I have, whether this is a season of my life, whether I had a struggle, I had a pain, I had, you know, that's my sufficiency. Then the Bible says that in all things and all time, actually it's a Greek word together, all things and all time. Uh, but because the Greek word itself means every possible circumstances, which is why a lot of versions say all things and all time, because you're trying to capture the fullness of that Greek word. He says, if you have God's grace and your sufficiency, your portion, and I know that pandemic creates a portion that was very difficult for some of us, but he says that if you have both, that in all things, all time, you will be abound in every good work. So I want to preach and bring you to a spot this morning. And the spot is, I desire my life to be defined by about every good work. Whether I'm a full-blown family, uh, you know, there's a, there's a thinking sometimes that for young families, one, I've got one child, uh, Pastor, I cannot serve anymore because, uh, because I'm so busy. Well, I know, I know the season of life, we tweak a little bit, we tweak a little bit. But if you believe in this verse, then whether you're a single, whether you are having your own uh, if, if, if you don't mind, potentially some of us are having terminal illness. The Bible says even in those seasons, you can be about every good work. You know what? But the beginning point is, come on, say together, God is able. So we need to add the God thing. So I'm not trying to give you a TED talk. I'm not trying to say that, hey, you know, be positive. You can, no, no, no. I'm saying that if you did not add God is able into the equation of life, then you will never be abound with every good work. And, but once you add this little phrase, because God is able, then no matter what you and I are going through, because the ability of God goes beyond every hindrances, every circumstances that you and I can face, because God is able. And I want, I want to say that phrase so that in your heart, you kind of walked away this morning and says, God is able, God is able, God is able. Now, the sphere of God is able always begins with you. I want to say a phrase. Everybody say, in me, through me. Say it again. In me, through me. So, this thing about God is able has to be in you, has to be in your vocabulary of thinking, your situations will be in you. Once it is in you, then it can be through you to others. Yeah. Uh, so I tell you a quick story uh, as I slowly wrap up uh, to this message. Um, this story was really one of our church members who, uh, who lost the husband a couple of years ago because of cancer. Uh, it was someone close to us because uh, I had the honor to lead them to Christ. Uh, in fact, the husband played badminton with me. I'm slightly better. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's in heaven now, okay? And, and I had the honor to actually journey with them at the last phase of their life. I mean, throughout, but it was, it was a moving story. It was a painful story, but it came to a point where we had to say goodbye to him. Uh, the wife was distraught, but because of God, she gained strong. So God is able, first of all, has to happen in her. Uh, she never gave up on God. Uh, 
She continued to plow, she continued to serve, she continued to do everything capacity possible. Uh, so it was because of God that was so real in her life, despite of what she had to go through. Eventually, she's able to write the through her story about others. And the story was incredible. So the story goes something like this. This happened end of last year. End of last year, she bumped into a couple. And this couple was poised to get divorced. So in fact, when she bumped into this couple, the couple said that, hey, you know what? Uh, good friend, just to let you know, we're going to go divorce. Uh, we have decided we're not for each other. Then because she had God is able in her, she had that little vocabulary, she then through her looked to them and said that, um, why don't you give God a chance? Right? Why don't you give God a chance? Then they kind of look at each other and say, God, uh, you know, a lot of people will say, the only thing I know about God is, oh my God. That's, that's the most common word I, I get from people. So they say, oh, oh my God. You know, and then, okay, can I give God a chance, right? So they came for... Uh, what we call a discovering God, where we, where I do, you know, sessions to help people to connect to who God is. Four sessions. So I kind of did that, and in the second or third session, they text me. This is Pastor. We would like to meet up with you. First of all, we're actually husband and wife, but I didn't know because it was through Zoom pandemic, right? Uh, so I saw two different people, and there was a big group of people by then. So long story short, there was a window to meet, and I met up with them. The moment I met up with them. They both sat down, and this is their first statement. They says, Pastor, uh, we, we were invited by this friend and who asked us that give God a chance before we divorce. Uh, so we don't know anything about God, but through the session, we think we, are, we can trust you to tell you everything. Obviously, I all this permission to tell all these stories, and then they begin to tell. Uh, they said, first of all, we found out our marriage crack was because... Uh, Last year, I had sexually transmitted disease. And the way I found out was I went to the doctor. When the doctor said, you got sexually transmitted disease, it's either you and then or turn to the husband and say, or you, one of you has been fooling around. She turned to the husband. The husband said, no, 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 not me, not me, not me. But it turns out it's actually him. But it was him was because he lived in the, the wife is a strong woman where the wife actually beat him up all the time. So it was, it was whole family very complicated. He tell me stories of the wife will use cane and he will use pillow, you know, to avoid. And, and so he has so much hatred to the wife that he has been having, having fooling around for so many years and he got sexually transmitted. So the whole crack was broke open when it was discovered that she had sexually transmitted disease. So everything went down. Uh, not just marriage relationally, but mother-in-law challenge. She says, Pastor, we were chased up by my mother-in-law. That was the worst. We were literally chased up. Uh, we had so much argument. We had financial problem. They were of 200,000 debts. And for two years, one and a half years, sorry, one and a half years, literally, they said, we live almost on a 10 ringgit budget a day. So you, you can imagine, right, marital problem, relational problem, in-laws problem, financial problem. So after they told me all their problems, I said, this one is God's size, not human size. I said, you really need God. So then they said, Pastor, how, 
how do I need God? So I said, you, first of all, the first step is you got to invite God into your world. And then you got to live out the principle of God and, you know, all of that. So I, after I explained, so they said, okay, okay, okay. Uh, then I was trying to lead them to say the sinner prayer, right? I was trying to lead them to include God into their world. I was, then this is the funny part, okay? Then they both look at each other. They don't know anything about God, right? So they said, Pastor, but uh, we, we, we don't know God, we, you know? Can we trust God 50%? I said, can? Of course. God is able, man. So I said, okay, let me lead you in the 50% sinner prayer. <laughs> so literally on that day, I said, God, come into my life 50%. <laughs> so they pray, come into my life 50%. It wasn't funny to them. It was funny to us. It wasn't funny. It was real to them. God, I can only trust you 50%. Take away my sin 50%. You know what? Okay, so everything was on the discounted. They did that. Uh, and every week, without fail, I text them, can we add two more percent today? <laughs> the fourth week, I will never forget, we met at the same place. The moment they sat down, the first question was, how can we give God 100%? So on that dinner, I led the 100% sinner prayer. I want to say this. If God is able, it wasn't a vocab that you put it upon the pastors. It was a vocab that you own it. If it was a vocab that has really lots of emotion about it. It is something that you will try. And you do not box God with only one circumstance. No, 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 no. He says all things, all time. And having all grace. And you learn how to live within the contentment that God has given unto you. Then he says, you and I will be abound in every good work. Because God is able. I pray that today this little phrase just kind of echo in your heart, in your spirit, as you get back to life normality, as you go back and they're saying that, no, but God is able. God is able. Yeah, I know. I know I lost so much, but God is able. And I will still be about in every good work. It just looks differently given the scenario that we're in. That not only in you, but eventually it will be through you. So that you will meet people around you and you will always say, hey, you know what? Why don't you give God a chance? 20% also can. Try. Doesn't matter. You never know the ability of God because that's who He is. He is able to give more grace, more sufficiency, all things, all time, so that we abound in every good work. Why don't you stand as we bring this morning's message to a close? I want you to wrestle with that word, God is able. For some of you, maybe you say, yeah, yeah, God is able, but pandemic, He wasn't, he wasn't able. Or you say, I used to believe God is able, but I don't know, I've kind of archived that word. It's no longer part of my makeup of me, you know. I, I want you to take that back. I want you to resurrect that word. And in your spirit, you look at every situation that you're going through and you say, God is able. God is able. God is able. We're going to worship God together. Uh, I'm going to open up the altar. 
I want to invite you. I want, I want to invite you to be able to say, you know what, I've lost that word. I'm coming back. I want to take that word back. And uh, the pastoral team, the leaders is here to pray with you. And uh, but as we worship God, just no matter where you are, God is able. There's nothing to be ashamed of. All of us wrestle with the proximity of who God is in our life. I just want to encourage you. I'm going to pray that God is able into our spirit. And I'm going to hand over to Pastor Isaac and the worship team. God, we come before you. But this morning, we just, we just deal with a verse in the Bible. And we wanted that little phrase, God is able to be alive and well and strong in our life. So I pray no matter we are watching online or on-site, God, I pray in the name of Jesus, God is able in us and then eventually through us. Lord, that no matter as we get back to life, there are challenges, there are struggles, we just declare, we add God is able to the equation of life and we will be found about in every good work. I speak that, I declare that, I prophesy that over each and every one. We are grateful to you because you are able. In the mighty name of Jesus, we ask and pray. Amen. Amen. Here in this place, as the altar was opened, I was ministering to a couple of people. And they were wrestling with something very, very intimate. They were wrestling with something that I cannot, I have no permission to share just yet. But in that wrestle, in that crying out to God over something that is so personal, I remember they asked one thing, is it okay to cry? It was a guy. Is it okay to cry? I said, this is church. There's no better place to cry before God. There's no place where God will meet you where you are and He will touch your situation whatever it is that you are calling out. So today, I really have two things in mind that I want to call. Because today may be your chance to meet a God who is able. Today may be that first meeting of God to say, God, you are able. And as I was praying, I feel the first category very, 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 very strongly. It is that some of us here, we've got, we are wrestling with an unforgiveness. We are wrestling with a hurt and an offense. You have been offended. And through that offense, you have been hurt. And because you have been hurt, you are struggling with the unforgiveness. I sense the word family, but it could also be church. It could also be a leader in church that you have been hurt and offended by. And if that is you this morning and you're struggling through that unforgiveness, can I call you out forward? We want to pray for you through it. We want to push you through it because in the name of Jesus, I believe God can save. And the second category of people, as I was praying this morning, I know and I know deep inside of me, there are some of us here that you are truly, truly praying for your loved ones and your friends and family to come back to Jesus. And it could be a 50% prayer. It could be a 52, a 55% prayer. But this morning, we want to move the needle from 0% to 
to 50% first. And I want to call you out forward and say we want to partner you to pray for your loved ones and pray for your family members who need Jesus Christ today. So the altar is opened. I want you to take that step of bravery to say, Jesus, that is me and I want to, I need you in my life. I need you to, I need to proclaim the God who is able in my life. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Would you take that step of faith? Would you come on forward? Our pastors and our leaders are here to pray for you. We're here to intercede with you. We're here to believe, to believe. You know, I want to tell you one testimony before we sing again. You know, a few months ago, as we were praying for a family, and that family says, I want to pray for this loved one. This loved one needs to know Jesus. And I said, okay, let's pray. Let's intercede for this loved one. You know, a couple of weeks ago, they came to church for the very first time. They came to church for the very first time. And I even, I, re, I can't say who was preaching because I remember it was not me, but they came to church for the very first time. And I remember so clearly that it says, Pastor, oh, this, this person is in church. And I say, oh, praise the Lord, praise Jesus. And I even remember that sermon. And then in that sermon, it is about God who loves. It is about a God who loves you and remembers you even though you have been through everything, everything possible during the pandemic. And in through cries of tears, the loved one came forward and says, I want to know Jesus. But just like the story this morning, but I'm not ready to give my life to Jesus yet, but I want to start here. And that is the perfect opportunity to say, God, you are able to do much more, more than any immeasurable, any unimaginable thing that I can think of on earth. So we want to pray for you this morning. And I want to believe in the coming weeks as the name that you are praying for, uncle, auntie, grandma, my son's friend, my daughter who has been lost. We want to pray for you and we want to commit that name to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord God, we declare this morning that you are a God who is able. We declare this morning, Father God, that you are a great God, Lord Jesus Christ. We commit, Father God, our family into your hands. We commit, our God, all the difficult and suffering into your hands, Lord Jesus Christ. And we declare right now, over all our lives, that you are able to do. You are able to do. You are able to forgive. You are able to carry us through. You are able to grant us a miracle. You are able, Lord Jesus, to soften our heart. You are able, Lord God, to forgive. You are able, Father Lord Jesus, to break down the walls that surround us so much so that the love of God will shine through, Father God. It will start with the 50%. But Father Lord Jesus, we are praying that every single heart here and everybody who comes to this church will go from a 50% to a 100% love of God. That we will believe in you no matter what comes our way we will believe in you so we thank you lord god that you are a good god father god that you separate us now with your love that may your face shine upon us father god that the love of the father the grace of the son and the fellowship of the holy spirit will go with us all the days of this week till we meet again next week and everybody say amen, amen. Woo.